Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield, where we talk about mostly sports, but pretty much whatever comes to my brain. It's pretty much what I talk about, whatever piques my interest, whatever tickles my pickle. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and you get ready for the sad work week that we have ahead of us, but just know that the weekend's right around the corner. You know, you can always count on those days to yourself where you're not working for the man. That's what I look forward to every day of my life, so... I went horrible this weekend in my gambling picks. Um, prayed for chaos parlay, not a single team hit. And then the cleavage report, I was one for one at one and seven. That's one and seven. I went. The only pick that I got was Commanders money line, which was one of my nipples or guarantees, as I would like to say. So that was pretty good. But everything else was dog shit. Every other pick that I didn't give out that I just kept to myself that thought might hit just didn't didn't seem to go my way. Terrible, terrible, terrible weekend for me all around. But we're going to today's show here, a couple news segments, a couple news articles, a couple things I want to talk about. And then ranking my top five favorite fruits, just because fruits have been on my mind and I thought it was a good one. And then kind of thoughts and recaps from the college football weekend. And then NFL takeaways and then finish off with just my thoughts. Pretty good one. Going to want to stick around for it. But let's get right into it. Currently I am watching the... Browns-Bengals game here. Bengals driving at the end of the third trying to find the score. I retardedly or stupidly or whatever the word is that's politically correct took the Bengals to win this game, but I forgot that the Bengals struggle against teams that have a star on their defensive line. They got beat up by the Steelers. They got beat up by the Cowboys. It's just the key. Just remember that little betting tidbit in your head for the rest of the season because I need to remember it as well, so please remind me. But not looking too good for the Bengals right now. Although the the Browns are doing pretty good. Offense is looking pretty good. Defense is balling out like crazy. So they're looking good. You're going to see what happens here going to the fourth. But I feel like the Browns got this one in the bag. But never know. Joey B. I love the guy. So I have faith that he'll pull a comeback. Brian Hartson got fired. Finally, everyone knew it was coming for a while. After pretty much he got hired. He was in the door and out the door faster than he probably thought he would be. But he could tell from the whole time it just wasn't a fit there, wasn't the right hire. But I'll get into more of that more of that later. Jake Paul beat another old man this weekend, beat Anderson Silva, knocked him down, knocked him out. I'm not sure. I didn't watch just in case you didn't hear. Jake Paul beat another old man. It was probably just after a bunch of money. The typical the typical way that that one usually goes. Phillies and Astros game three was supposed to be tonight, but it got postponed. So that's uh, not good. They moved the schedule, so game three is tomorrow. Um, excited for that one. It's going to be in Philly. Next three games are in Philly. Tied 1-1. Philly has a chance to finish it off and take the bag home at home. That would be ruckus. I bet Philly's going to be rocking tomorrow. So excited for that. I'm still rocking with the Phillies. Hopefully win, but I still feel like the Astros are going to somehow pull it out. NFL trades have been going off like crazy. Today, Roquan Smith got traded to the Ravens, which kind of everyone knew Roquan was going to get traded at some point. Didn't really know where. Ravens is definitely a good destination. He's going to fit right in on that defense. I feel like you know, kind of play like how Terrell Suggs used to be. Similar type role, you know. So Roquan's probably going to thrive there. He's going to boost up the Ravens' defense, boost up the team as a whole. Huge blow for the Bears, but kind of everyone, like I said, everyone knew it was coming. It was time to kind of. I'm going to start rebuilding for the future. I think I saw something. They're going to have like $178 million in cap space this next offseason. That's going to be 
unfair and ridiculous to have. But we'll see what the Bears do with it. Hopefully, hopefully they use it and put it in the right direction and get Justin Fields some weapons, man. Because Lord knows the kid fucking needs it. They don't need to be running the ball the whole time. Although the argument is that you know he can fit that in with his play style, which is something that hardly anybody in the NFL ever does. Is they don't fit their guys to their play style. They don't develop the offense around the quarterback. What is strong suits? What is what's he good at? You know they they just say, well, this is my offense. Learn it or fucking get out the door, and then it never works out, and they're both fired. So NBA news. Lakers finally won a game, and they celebrated like they just had won the NBA championship, a, a legit one, but they hadn't. They just finally won a game, 1-5 and five on the season. They're looking like absolute dog shit, but bringing Russ off the bench is kind of the right move. I've been saying it for so long now. Russell Westbrook and LeBron cannot thrive together. Russell Westbrook is a ball-dominant point guard. That's what he is. That's how he's always been. That's how he always found success. That's how him and KD work together. That's how anyone that's ever played with Rush should play with Russ. He's a ball-dominant guard. There's a reason he had a fucking triple-double over the course of a season is because that's just what he did. He could score, he could rebound, he could assist because he was the ball-dominant guard. That ball was always in his hands. That point-blank period, that's why. And you can't play with someone like LeBron who feels the need to have the ball all the time when he doesn't actually need the ball all the time when LeBron's a lot better off the ball. So once once the Lakers finally start realizing that, they could be an actual dangerous threat to win an NBA championship this year. So we'll see what happens. Other sad NBA news, Joshua Primo, uh, lottery pick two years ago, just got released from the Spurs. Apparently multiple reports that he exposed himself to women. So another one of those deals, the Spurs acted on it quickly, just dealt with it, got him out of the building. Right move, in my opinion, because it feels like when these things are Lately, it seems like when there's one, there's many, there's more. So just cut it off. Get it over with. It's more than likely true. I mean, that's just the world we live in today. Some people just don't don't understand it, think that everything you get handed to them. And it's it's sad, but that's just, how it, that's just how it is. Some hilarious news over the weekend. Paul Pelosi, he's Nancy Pelosi's husband. I forgot what he was to her. Nancy Pelosi's husband. Apparently got attacked in their home. Um, the robbers apparently had a hit list with Nancy Pelosi's name on it and many, many others that that was just a target. He wasn't an actual target. He ended up calling from the bathroom in his house, called 911 from this bathroom in his house with the intruders in the house. But after he calls 911, he somehow just manages to go outside and bullshit with these guys and just kind of hang out. You know, no, no suspicion, nothing happens. Seems a little suspicious to me. The glass was also broken the opposite way of someone breaking into the house. So if it was here and you're breaking in, you know, the glass would fall one way, but it was more like someone was in the house and fell outside of the window or broke the window from inside. So a little bit of speculation and whatnot going there. They're also talked that it's possibly as gay lover and, you know, things just didn't go the right way and all sorts of all sorts of crazy stuff going with that, but wild wild story now this is just something that i want to talk about right here i'm gonna call it my high thought of the week don't really know if it's gonna be a segment but it's just something i thought about over the weekend i'm a little i'm pretty high i'm high right now i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty high you know medicinal whatever <clears throat> but i don't feel like it is that hard to lead a rebellion in the united states 
I think it's pretty easy. I think you get 80% of the population to somewhat agree with you in one aspect or another and, you know, big life-defying points of view and stuff like that. And if you at least get 80% of the population, 80% of the military, and you just kind of roll with it, you you know, get a couple celebrities to endorse you, get Elon Musk to let your tweets stay on Twitter, you know, get an appearance on the Joe Rogan experience, just kind of talk about your thoughts and beliefs. And it's not anything just wild or drastic or crazy, you know, nothing like kill kill all the people and just take over and completely change our government. I think our government works. I think it works great. Mostly, I just probably run on a stand uh, a basis of just term limits, you know, and getting all the old people out and not having these lifetime politicians, you know. I think that's probably what I would run on, and I feel like I could honestly just lead a rebellion with the entire United States of America just off of that alone because I feel like 80% of the people would agree with that. If I'm wrong, please tell me, but I feel like I'm right on this one. I just, I don't know, I thought about it, I did the math, it it, it checked out, it checked all the boxes, you know. And it, like I said, it wouldn't even be, I'm not killing nobody or nothing, you know, I'd probably have to get a couple armed security guards to protect me just to make sure I stay alive and they don't try to whack me out before I take them out of, take them out of office. But that's about all I'd have to worry about, I think. That's pretty accomplishable. Oh yeah, I could do it. Oh yeah, I could do it. Now moving on to my top five segment of this beautiful Monday evening, Tuesday, whenever you're listening to it, show. Today it's my top five favorite fruits. I've been thinking about fruits lately. I just love fruit. Fruits, it's just, it's amazing. I don't, all the words that are good words can be said about fruit. My number five has to be oranges. You know, any, any way, mandarin, straight to peeling them myself, you know, just sliced, you know, in a little bit of drink, orange juice, you know, orange with a, on top of a salmon, whatever, dude. Oranges are just, they're phenomenal. You can't go wrong with oranges. Everything about them is good. But they're at five for a reason because sometimes you get pulp. And that's the only reason that they're at number five is because sometimes you get pulp and it, it's disgusting. Number four has to be grapes. Absolutely love grapes. You know, you just get them off the vine. You pick them off. You just put them in your mouth. You squeeze them and they just squirt in your mouth. Pause. Talking about grapes, not other things. Nothing wrong with grapes. The only reason grapes are probably at four is because they can be turned into raisins, and raisins are disgusting. So that's the only reason they're probably at four. Number three has to be peaches. I absolutely love peaches. Peaches have a strong case for one or two, but my one and two are pretty firm for me. But peaches are hands down my... Like, I honestly could drink. Okay, whatever. Bananas are number two. Strawberries, number one. In that particular order, but at some points in the day or the week or the month or the year or the part of my life, they're all tied at one because I can never, ever go wrong with a strawberry. Just cut up in a smoothie on a waffle, you know, a chocolate-covered strawberry, just eating them fresh out of, just picking them out at Walmart and eating them. Nothing fucking wrong with the strawberry. Bananas are immaculate, amazing. I love the texture of bananas. I love, I love, I love bananas. It's gonna sound gay no matter what words I use. I'm not homophobic, but like I don't want to get into that, you know. And peaches, just peaches and cream. Oh my god, don't even get me started. I'm gonna have to go get myself some strawberries, bananas, and peaches, and just just devour them all. I'm fucking absolutely juiced about fruit right now. Absolutely fucking juiced. Get the pun intended. Pun pun is intended. Now, after all. The fun and excitement of that. 
we'll talk a little bit about some college football here. It's pretty pretty all right weekend. Pretty pretty boring for the most part though. Not not a whole lot of craziness went on. Um, a couple upsets here and there you could say, but nothing at the top that really moved and sh- shook the ground. You know, nothing nothing of that nature. I guess you could say Oklahoma State's lost to Kansas State. That's the the biggest impact I would say. You know, as far as my scenario that I brought up last week about the wildest possibility for college football playoff, like how many teams that have a legit bid, all that graphic's going to do is take out Oklahoma State this week and make TCU 13-0 and because I, I think TCU rolls through the rest of their schedule. They keep finding ways to win. I don't think that they're one of the best four teams in the country per se, but I do think that they they win, and it's, sometimes it's nasty, dirty, and ugly, but they find a way to win. But Oklahoma State, they just proved that they're not as good as everyone thought they were going to be this year. They just have been absolute, not dog shit. I mean, they've been good. They just did not show up. The offense wasn't there. Oklahoma State's always been known to have a pretty solid defense. It had, it wasn't there. I mean, 49 to nothing. They just got beat the shit out of. It was, sad. it was sad to watch. I tuned in, and I was like, oh, geez. And then 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 I was like, holy fuck. Because I couldn't believe that it was that bad. I felt bad for Oklahoma State fans on Saturday. I really did. But Kansas State, they're probably the only team I could see beating TCU, especially if they get a chance at the Big 12 championship again. That's I think, would be their best bet. I think they could possibly do it. I'm not sure, though. But definitely a team to watch out for. Definitely a lot better than you know their, lo- their loss to Tulane early in the year. But that's a good-looking win for Tulane at this point. So really shows how good Tulane is this year. But... Probably one of the biggest games this weekend had to be Michigan-Michigan State. And I think there's more antics around what happened after the game than, you know, what went on during. Not a not a good showing for Michigan State. It was close early, but Michigan did end up pulling away. But they weren't – they didn't dominate. I mean, they covered the spread, I guess. But kind of were just getting more lucky down there, the stretch, I would say. But more about the antics after the game. A Michigan player was – basically getting jumped by a bunch of Michigan State players. They have the same tunnel. You know, these kind of issues haven't been created in the past. They've had this tunnel forever. There's only recently been a spark in incidents like this. A lot of talk, a lot of controversy around it. People don't really know how they feel. Then there's a video about of the Michigan kid going down, and it kind of looks like he could be, you know, chirping at these guys. You know, he went down with a bunch of Michigan State players. There's a chance that but he was high-fiving people and stuff. It's just a situation it shouldn't have happened no matter regardless if the guy started talking shit or whatever the case was that's that's dirty play we don't need that you don't need to see that in the game I mean there was guys swinging helmets it was it was just nasty and I know the the right actions will be taken and they'll be handled appropriately that's the best you could hope for you know but and then their counterpart Ohio State Penn State played a really good game for Damn near most of it. It was it was actually really, really, really close. Um, but Ohio State pulled away there at the end. I mean, three touchdowns in six minutes is absurd. It's unreal. But Ohio State did it. They found a way to win. And JT Tumalo, however you say his name, man, that, I wish I could say it better. But the kid had an absolute game. I mean, that pick six was so sweet. He just jumped right up and snatched it right out of the air and just went in and scored. Ohio State looked good. I mean, they could have looked better. I don't. Penn State's weird, man. They they showed up at home. They showed up against 
Michigan for a little bit and fell apart. I don't know if they're a top 15 team in the country. I definitely would say a top 25 team, but I don't know. Not Those wins might not look as good down the stretch for Michigan and Ohio State, regardless of what the score says. So we'll just have to wait and see what goes on with that one. But an actual curb stomping had to be Tennessee over Kentucky. I mean, I thought it was going to be more of a game. I thought we were going to see something from Will Levis. I thought he was going to drop his nuts and be like, oh, okay, this kid is good. He does deserve to be a top 10 pick in the draft. Didn't see that. All I saw was Tennessee just tearing it up per usual. Big game for them, obviously, this next weekend. But they just continue to look good. They continue to beat the teams they should beat. They handle business. Their their offense cruises. Their defense struggles. But, I mean, they they kept Kentucky down this weekend, so. Good for them, you know, and sticking to the SEC, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Lane had quite a few words during and after the game about Jimbo and Evan Stewart. He's told him to go fake an injury, a pussy little bitch or something like that. It was classic Lane Kiffin, and I love to see it. I don't care what any of you sad Texas A&M fans have to say about it. It was funny, and if it hurt your feelings, grow up here. I don't I don't know. But Ole Miss walked away with it. Um, Connor Wigman, though, he he looked like he might have uh, should have been gotten, should have been getting reps a lot earlier in the year looked really good i mean a couple mistakes here and there but for the most part he kept texas a&m in the game Ole miss just pulled away late you know now jimbo just his seat keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter man we'll keep seeing what happens i think the real thing is gonna be what happens to that class does everyone leave does everyone stay all sorts of things could happen so we'll definitely see what happens there sticking to sec georgia beat up on florida Florida kept it close there for a little bit, but at the end of the day, Georgia just beat the shit out of them, grounded and pounded the ball, did what they had to do. They won, you know, so that's the same thing. They they were there supposed to do just like Tennessee. Makes for an even bigger matchup than we already knew it was going to be. So just have to see what uh, happens in that game. Going to be a good weekend next weekend. Can't wait to talk about next weekend's slate, but we got to recap all this first. Illinois is looking really, 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 really good under Brett Vilma. He has definitely turned them around, and they are inching closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to a top 10 ranking. It might happen. They might be a top 10 matchup when they go play Michigan. Can you believe that? That's insane. That's an insane statement to say. But there's a very real possibility of that. And, you know, Vilma's looking at all these head coach openings, you know, especially looking at a Wisconsin and Nebraska. I mean, Billman knows how to win in the Midwest. If he's doing that at Illinois, he'd do it for you. Does Wisconsin bring him back? Do they say, we're sorry for what, you know, if he apologizes and he sticks around this time? Why not? You know, we'll see. I don't know. I, I'm just happy to see Illinois doing good. And whenever I said the same thing about Lance Leipold, you know, when these, these smaller programs that haven't always been that good, when they finally start to find some success, I just hope that the guys stick around and build that program up because that's it's just cool to me, you know, to be able to turn a program around and make them something that they haven't been in a long time or never have been and just winning games. It's just cool. And so I hope I hope Illinois keeps continuing to find success. I hope they find a way to get a bid to the playoff. That'd be wild, but it could happen. They could go twelve and one and win the Big Ten. That's still a real possibility. Now a couple little uh, NFL thoughts. <clears throat> It's pretty apparent now that Russell Wilson was always the problem in Seattle after that Super Bowl. I mean, what Pete Carroll is doing right now in Seattle deserves 
to be in the head coach of the year conversation. The defense is amazing. They're just they're keeping people at bay. No one's scoring points on them. Geno Smith is coming into his own. I mean, the offense looks good. I mean, they have tons of tons of tons of weapons on that side of the ball. They're just they're really cooking. Kenneth Walker is really coming into his own. Like I said, the defense, I think they've kept they've passed three opponents under 15 points if I'm not mistaken. I I looked but I forgot to write down exactly what it was. They've been doing amazing. I mean, there's tons of talent on that defense as well. Seahawks are just they're they're cooking right now. And Russ, I mean, yes, he did win, but he got beat by the Jaguars, and he's still the clown fest that he is. Or no, he beat the Jaguars. I'm sorry, but Seattle's looking like they might win their division possibly, which I don't think anyone saw coming. But it very, very, very well could happen. Christian McCaffrey had an absolute day today, or on Sunday for the 49ers. Passing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Only happened two other times. He's been, he is what Kyle Shanahan has always wished that he could have, is just a fucking Christian McCaffrey. Someone who can do anything and everything, and he is excelling at an awesome level. And I, the 49ers are going to be dangerous, you know. I mean, they beat up on Sean McVay again. They keep beating him in the regular season, but, I mean, I don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year. But the 49ers are going to be, the way they played on Sunday is how this team can play all year long. They just struggle, and it's mostly on Jimmy G at times. So I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen here. I think adding CMC into their lineup, just another weapon with the weapons that they already have in play, the offense is going to excel more. I mean, this is only the second week that he's got under Shanahan's new offense, and he already did that. Imagine what he can do every week. So I'm excited about the 49ers, honestly. I think they, they have a chance to go be the team that wins the NFC at least, at a minimum, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Holy shit. I just saw that T. Higgins catch live, dude. That shit was fucking dope, man. He got up on him. Drop that shit right on his head, bro. Anyways, I was wrong about the Jets. Yeah, um, Patriots beat them. Nothing new there. It always fucking happens to the Jets. They can't seem to beat the Patriots. But I was right about the Commanders. I did say the Commanders would find a way to win. Taylor Heineke, baby. Did the job. Got it done. Love to see it. The Bills looks really good on Sunday night. You know, Josh Allen just keeps doing what he do. Just keep getting me fantasy points, boo-boo. And Packers continue to struggle. It just sucks for them. It sucks for Aaron Rodgers. I want to do ayahuasca because of Aaron Rodgers. So it sucks. Sucks. I hate to see. I hate to see him going through this, man. Poor guy. Feel bad. Not really. I don't. He's kind of no. He's not. I like Aaron Rodgers. And the only other thing I can say about the NFL this week is the fucking Falcons are going to win the NFC South, and they're going to somehow probably win a playoff game. They're looking really good. I mean. They did give up a lot of points to the Panthers, but they keep scoring points, so that's all that matters. And the NFC South is so down bad this year. Wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons somehow find a way to win. But I love that for them. Pretty boring NFL slate, I know. I never have too many good thoughts about the NFL. It just just doesn't rile me up like college football does, which brings me to just my thoughts. Just my thoughts today are about stop giving coaches ridiculous contracts and then expecting them to exceed immediately or to the standards that you want them to but you don't allow that to happen 
Brian Harson getting fired is probably one of the perfect examples of that. They gave the guy a pretty hefty contract. They wanted him to come in and be somebody that he wasn't. They tried to sway him one way, do things one way, get certain recruits. Didn't go their way, so they decided to bring up a rumor that he was sleeping with his assistant, which, buddy, if you did, I'd hate it too. She'd be, she's, she's a good-looking lady. Let's put it that way. But start all these rumors, trying to get Coach Harson fired. It doesn't work out. He sticks around, but there's all this turmoil around the program, and so now they're going to fire him, pay him more money just to not coach for them because they intervened, and he wasn't living up to their standards. Not everyone's going to be fucking perfect, man. And if you're going to fucking... This happens so often where the AD and the boosters, they, they find somebody they like, and but then once he gets in the job, he's not doing everything they want. He's not getting the recruits they want. He's not saying the right things. He's not kissing the right baby, shaking the right hand. So now you got to get rid of him because the on-field product's not doing too good, but there's all this extra turmoil. But it's the coach's fault, right? No, it's not, you fucking idiots. It's your fault. And then everyone always expects college football fans got to stop with these high expectations. And I see it from programs that are like haven't been good in years or have been dog shit in it but had a little bit of success, man. Not everyone is going to be a fucking Josh Heupel and have success in year two. Josh Heupel's always been a good coach. He's always been a good coach, man. Brings me into another part of this. Scott Frost got hired. Because he had one good season. Goes back to the giving these guys ridiculous contracts. They give out these big contracts to guys that haven't actually had good success. Scott Frost had one good year. UCF, after he left, still was really good. Josh Heupel was there. And everyone said that, oh no, Josh Heupel didn't really do that. Scott Frost really built it up. Scott Frost went 6-7 and seven and then went 13-0. and 0. And then Heupel went 12-1, and 1, like 10-2 and 2 or something. And then six and four in the COVID year. But then he goes to Tennessee as a mediocre year, trying to figure out his guys. Now he's doing this. That's because Josh Heupel's a good coach. Look at Lance Leipold, too. Dominated the Division Three. Went to Buffalo. Found success. Kansas took a chance on him. They won a couple games. Perfect. You know what they did the next year? They won five in a row, and they were ranked in the top 20. Sometimes you find those guys that have success, but those guys have somewhat of a track record. They show you more than one good year like Scott Frost did. And then you give out these ridiculous contracts and think that's going to be okay. It doesn't just happen at college. Look what happened to Matt Rule. He takes over a dog shit fucking franchise in the Carolina Panthers that suck and have been shitty for quite a while that needed a whole new culture change. They didn't have a face of the franchise at quarterback. That's key to any team finding success. So then you throw him in there, you... You know, you have a quarterback, and then you, you get rid of him, Cam Newton. Then you bring him back at some point, but then you also bring in other guys. Then you trade for Sam Donald. Then you go and trade for Baker Mayfield. You're trying to find him the right guy, but somehow it's his fault when the roster's already shit. The roster wasn't built up that good to begin with. You're having injury issues. Christian McCaffrey was out for a long period of time in one of his in his first or second year there. But you just have these unrealistic expectations. Now you have to pay this guy all this money. I don't. I understand the the need and willingness to win, but at some point you have to take a step back and realize that we have to be realistic about this, about who we are as a franchise and what we have. Because I'll tell you right now, unless the next guy is Deion Sanders to walk into Auburn, they're not going to win eight games next year. 
Same thing goes for Nebraska. They might not even win four or five games this year, and they might not even do it again next year. You just have to have some patience, and you have to look at a track record and don't always just take a shot on a guy because he had one good year of success, but then as soon as you get in the door and it's not going the way you want it to, you ship him out because then you're just you're just ruining your program or your franchise as a whole. Basically what my point is, and it's just my thoughts, but stop fucking being a dumb piece of shit when you're in the front office and you're hiring people or you're an athletic director. That's all I got to say today. That's my show. I'm Riley Brayfield. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe.